0: Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk Podcast. In this monthly conversation with Sean McDonough and Jeff Roski, we discuss the SharePoint Premium announcement, SharePoint Embedded Announcement, some Teams news and more. Let's get started. With that, Microsoft. <laughs> oh, technology, right. Yeah, technology. <laughs> technology.
1: Technology. Hello, and
0: welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. My co-conspirators for today, closing out 2023, are Mr. Sean McDonough, Senior Solution Architect and Consultant with Akumina in Cincinnati, Ohio, and at Microsoft 365, MVP. It's condensed now. No more apps and services. Just m three six five. Oh, and they severed our titles. Yes, oh, they did. On. They changed it. They they oh. consolidated again. So there's they need to get
1: three, new business
0: cards. Three, three or four merged into that. So,
1: and and Somebody Mr. Jeff Barosky,
0: Jeff, a senior Hello. architect for Insight, a massive global company, but he's also co-founder of the Boston offices, Office Office three sixty five user group and the co-founder of the new Janky Workshop on YouTube. Welcome, gentlemen.
1: Thank you. Happy Christmas.
0: Sorry, yeah. we just Happy uh, holidays. We're we're interrupting each other. We're talking about industrial music a minute ago, and kind of the background, and going to share some links there. But you know, um, no, no, maybe we could put some throbbing gristle as a backdrop <laughs> as the lead in on the music for the. As, <laughs> this you said throbbing gristle. Yes. <laughs> Our focus today is on the latest Microsoft news, including SharePoint Premium. SharePoint Embedded, some Teams news and more. There's a few other things. And I've got a couple things that I didn't prep you guys on.
2: What about SharePoint with sprinkles on top?
0: Yeah, just more SharePoint. And uh, again, uh, Jeff Teeper, uh, president of collaborative apps and solutions and platforms and stuff at Microsoft.
2: Uh, Oh, that's where all our severed titles went, over to Teeper.
0: That's right. He's hoarding. The title he also holding... spells
1: his name wrong.
0: Uh, what J
1: E F F is just wrong. Oh,
0: oh, I know. Well, again, he's uh, he's cutting corners trying to be more efficient <laughs> in spelling this name. Sorry, Mr. Geoff, right? Saves 20 yeah. percent on his printing costs <laughs> <laughs> with Geico. Uh, well,
1: am I so... confusing that?
0: With a lot, there's a lot going on, gentlemen. Uh, a lot of announcements. what I was saying is Teeper in his keynote at ESPC. So he, that's where he announced, I guess it wasn't an insight. Uh, it wasn't ready to be talked about or they saved it for ESPC was the SharePoint embedded, but he also shared some of the other news, the data like Microsoft teams now has over 320 million monthly active users, over 2000 apps. And the average user also has over two thousand channels and teams. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, yeah, Channel sprawl spread. is a thing. Yeah, we we all live with it. But I'll uh, I'll share the links for for each of these <laughs> as we go along. Um, why don't you. kick things off with SharePoint Premium? What is SharePoint Premium? Is it everything that was available uh, in earlier versions? And like on prem, and they they finally are offering it online, but want to charge more for it. Or that's the I, uh, skeptical way of looking at the world. <laughs> the way I, I'm sure there's more than
2: just this, but uh, premium has got syntax rolled into it, right? And that was a that was a separate license uh, an organization would have to get. Right. So I think by selling SharePoint Premium, they're covering that and. One low, low monthly cost.
0: Yeah, in fact, I don't have the pricing numbers in front, but yeah, so it does. Um, so I've got in in the link that I have there of the getting started with Microsoft SharePoint Premium, it has links to where the various announcements are being made. And yeah, it was talked about syntax at build, at Ignite, and again this announcement. So um the then there was a sharepoint premium community call that's going on as well that you can sign up for and participate in so um, mcnulty had a lot of involvement
2: in uh syntax i know he was one of the first people talking about it so i'm sure this is something that he's affiliated with or may have worked on
0: well if you know chris's background for those that remember chris for a long time was you know has been involved with a bunch of those kinds of automation go back in his consulting days so uh building out west and automating yeah. mm-hmm. document co- you know document collaboration solutions that was i'm trying to remember the name of the company that he's working at but uh yeah so he's been in that space a long time in syntex kma yeah kma that's right yep knowledge yeah Man- he started there.
1: Yep. Saying, and he went
2: over to quest after that
0: that's yep. right i, quest. I completely yeah. forgot about it. that's where he was right before microsoft
2: yeah, that's where I, he was there when I was at IDERA and we would compare uh, migration products because we were just, both companies were white boxing uh, MetaViz's migration solution. And we joke, you know, how's your uh, migration
0: product coming?
2: Oh, I think we've got some stuff that you may have seen before, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And then, yeah, because then Metalogix bought IDERA and uh-huh. then- Yeah, those I SharePoint products. Right? Yeah
2: yeah bigger fish kept gobbling up the other ones
0: but that that kind of killed the meta product but we're rem, reminiscing now because they bought uh one of the things they bought with uh with Exceller uh, was control point as well as the migration product da vinci hmm. which then they shelved and went with their just maintained their own so it's always a strategy. You buy a competitor and shelve it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Too bad for the people working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, like I always say, the the one proud thing I am from having worked in that for the folks that don't know, I was at an accelerator. They acquired us for our migration, a little echo technology, but we were the first ones to build the pre-migration analysis. That was I'm very proud of that. There we go. There's my green pen. <laughs> nice. Wow, you actually have an exceller light and a, a pen. F- folks that don't don't remember the Acceler brand, everything glowed or blinked green. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, we had what we called Retinal Burn Orange. <laughs> yes. Hi, It's roughly the same color that
0: uh, I'd see Fitz wearing when he was with um, Nintex. Well, yeah. we were just in Amsterdam for ESPC, and so the co- the color of the event was that bright orange.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's nice. It never dies. Don't be so, orange. So yeah, if you go look through the SharePoint Premium, sorry, I'm starting to get I'm trying to get back on message here. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> it it has a lot of syntax messaging within that. Um so that's that's a key part of that. Another announcement was the uh move over to it SharePoint embedded.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And, You were talking a little bit about this, Sean, that you got some early view into this.
2: Yeah, Uh, so Microsoft, since I work for Acumino and we make an intranet platform, um, we've been moving more towards a headless solution uh, for some time because we get, running everything rendered by the SharePoint pipeline is not an efficient way to um, skin and serve up a site. So we developed a headless product which interestingly enough, looks and operates a lot like SharePoint Embedded. Um, So we were approached uh, by the team working with Embedded, and it's essentially headless SharePoint. You're just working with SharePoint as a web service. It's a set of APIs for managing data and using other SharePoint services, but there's no web front end per se. So it's headless. Uh, You can put anything you want in front of it. You just use SharePoint for storage, uh, search, uh, versioning, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So it's a pretty interesting product. it, it they containerize it. So nice. you know if you get this, you end up with a container of some sort which has the the necessary uh, plumbing to give you access to the SharePoint instance under the hood.
0: I, I talked with Teeper a little bit about this after his keynote uh, in amsterdam. I, I I did the official post. A a keynote interview for for the event talked about this I said you know is it interesting because you know as I interview him each year for for ESPC um, we've talked about how uh, Jeff was really adamant about moving away from the SharePoint as a Uh, uh, as an everything-to-everyone solution, uh, a Swiss Army knife solution. You know, people were going in the early days of SharePoint and building things that shouldn't have been built on SharePoint. But they were using it as like a development platform. They liked the core capabilities. And it was one of those, you know, can you build it with SharePoint? Well, yeah, but should you? Shouldn't. No. And that was something that they've really tried to move away from. I said, so it's it's exciting to see that they went this route in providing the embedded solution for if I'm building something, if I'm an ISV and I've got a solution I want to include some collaborative capabilities within it, I have this this option. I don't have to go build my solution out of SharePoint. I can build it the way I want to build it mm-hmm. and then yeah. leverage those capabilities, bring them yeah. in.
2: You can put anything in front of it. SharePoint just becomes another another layer in the solution. Um, rather than consuming both the front end or view portion of it as well as the controller and data sto- controller and data storage. so mm-hmm. it's um it's definitely I can see many different companies potentially benefiting from this if they understand what it could do. Um, because that SharePoint uh, rendering pipeline uh, is just that's one of the killers. And I know for our solution, it was um, you would always get a hiccup trying because the point at which you would tap into SharePoint to actually start your own rendering, it's already going through some M365. So if you've got like a, a global header or things like that, you end up flashing white, and then you eventually get through it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a much more efficient way to work with SharePoint. If you just want to work with the data. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Jeff, does that touch your world at all? Have you on the customer side?
1: Uh, have you been that, touched, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that's why bear. we. That's why we hand out those whistles.
1: I <laughs> uh, no, I have not run across it yet. Um, uh, I've been knee deep in uh, another project, which is just focused on power platform. So, I have not that's touched cool. SharePoint in months now. So. Yeah.
2: Speaking of Power Platform, for what it's worth, uh, Paul Stork gave me a copy of his new uh, Power Automate book when we mm-hmm. were up in Chicago at um, um, 365 EduCon. And I've been reading it. I'm about halfway through, and it's pretty solid. It's, yeah. in fact, he's one of the few guys I've ever seen who devotes a chapter to licensing. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, I mean, it's ballsy, <laughs> yeah. knowing how Microsoft is. But right. he, you know, laid it all out and it, it is Byzantine yeah. and what you've got to buy or what depends on what. But yeah. he did lay it out. So nice, worth a, a look. Yeah, let check Jordan. that
0: out. Well, Paul's a pretty thorough guy. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I, I'm. Former NCM. Interested. Yes. He's among well, those ranks.
0: Well, another thing that I had on my list here, <laughs> pulling up things, uh, it was the Microsoft 365 backup and archive. But you guys say we've already covered that in the show. Like I'm yeah, well it, it was a while, it was a while back, so we may have covered it a couple episodes back. Well, you, we did
2: bring it up. Um, I know because with my tie-ins with disaster recovery, I remember something like that. And I thought yeah. it was an interesting way for Microsoft to offer a value add um that integrates seamlessly with the data you're using and the services you're using, um, as well as that. I remember one of the parts of it being uh, the self-service aspect of it. So you don't need to go through Microsoft to get a site collection restored, for instance. Mm-hmm. They're building a panel in the admin center that will give you access to that sort of stuff if you have the product. So you can do your own restores or exports as needed. That's that's one of the things I remember.
1: Yeah, that's I a think- fantastic capability, so you don't have to call anybody.
2: Right, because everybody, you know, anybody who knows they've got to go to product support, it's like, oh, how long is this
1: going to take? All right. Yep. Well, Let's this just is one of build rebuild those things,
0: everything from the ground up. It'll be a lot easier. <laughs> this, one of those things, those areas where, I mean, obviously, it's it's uh, uh, you know, backup, archiving, or getting into the commoditized, you know, category of of products. There's been third party solutions out there, and for being uh, and for folks that aren't don't know too, it's it's uh, this this space. One of the frustrating things working for an ISV, an independent software vendor partner, um, having worked for a couple of companies that had backup solutions, is that for years, um, like uh, Microsoft sellers, salespeople would were telling clients, "You don't need to have a third-party backup solution." Uh, you know, and you could do everything here you know with out of the boxes. So they were you know they were trained and they're they're trying to make their own sales. But it was frustrating as a partner, uh, and this is true with any large OEM um, so i've I've worked in with other industries with in the IBM ecosystem, for example, with large OEMs that are, you know they're trying to close their deals um when a customer's complaining about having to spend too much obviously the oem is going to push back on any third-party solution like oh you don't need those you can satisfy all your needs with what we have um so uh for microsoft then to first make investments in uh rubric uh in a third party solution major investments there and then to make these announcements and build out even more capability in that space so i know uh you know other other players in the space um, veeam keep it avpoint others um there's some frustration as well as validation of the of the space the importance of the space Mm -hmm. i mean gartner Forrester, and other uh analyst firms have been saying for a long time you need to have more granular control over uh microsoft 365 and uh, uh and so definitely had recommended third-party solutions so, and microsoft finally kind of woke up and said hey we need to you know generate more revenue which is what they're in business to do and add more features so i, I look at it as you know from an isv perspective is that Microsoft finally kind of woke up to the fact that, like, Hey, this is a space where there's revenue to be made by partners and they're going to eventually Microsoft went and offered features. And so they're, I don't know yeah. that it, it's, it doesn't, it definitely impacts those, those partners, those other vendor solutions, but um, yeah, you have to do your homework, whether what Microsoft, even with the new capabilities does is actually meet your need or your needs or do you have even more granular requirements?
2: Yeah, this is one area where prior to the cloud, the space looked a lot more active and had more options. Of course, we go to SharePoint Online, we lose all access to SharePoint administrative namespaces. So we can't do backups, we can't do logs, things like that. And now that they're starting to add products back in because most of the backup solutions work by basically calling SharePoint APIs to pull files out. And that's a very inefficient way to do it. Um, On-prem, the SharePoint backup was only good for about as large as a a small to medium-sized customer. It did not scale well. And Microsoft's solution to that was just buy System Center Data Protection Manager, DPM, um, which comes at an enormous cost. Uh, And so it's good to see them trying to uh, restore some capabilities in this space, even if it's only capabilities they're offering right now. And that's all I got to say about that.
0: Yeah. Well, again, that announcement, I've got a link to it uh, in the blog post, but uh, that that was out in, I think, was it, sorry, I just moved away from the tab uh, in July. Yeah, so I've got this uh, Redmond Magazine uh, link to that. Good old Kurt Mackey writing about that. find the update. There's also um, uh, just uh, yesterday, there was a uh, um, uh, an article by uh, Srini uh, Raghavan uh, from Microsoft. The year in review: How Microsoft Copilot teams and our partners built a stronger ecosystem that goes through and talks about some of what they're doing about uh, extending Copilot um, using Graph, uh, Microsoft Graph connectors, um, plugins. Um, teams AI library enables intelligent apps and kind of goes through and talks about how partners can add on and extend um, <laughs> Copilot and Teams. So there's some great content there. Um, another side topic: um, Do you guys see that news that Amazon has selected Microsoft 365 Cloud Productivity in a in an over one billion dollar deal?
2: hadn't seen it found out
0: about it from you yeah but i mean is it really that surprising where you have so many for folks that don't know it you know people so many people that are leaving microsoft um go to amazon because it's just across the bridge it's right there (laughs) um Mm -hmm. close by and so there's a lot of i say that you know going in between um, probably the four companies where I saw the most movement in between Microsoft, Amazon, Google has a huge campus uh, up in the Seattle area, and Expedia. A lot of former Microsofties there, but cross pollination. So, with so many former Microsoft people and being right there, is it really that surprising that Amazon signed a deal to use the tools?
1: It's a
2: little bit just because, you know, they like to boast about the size of their cloud as well. Um, so you know, acknowledging that Microsoft's got something that is useful to them, it's a little surprising, but not out mm-hmm. of the realm of possibility.
0: Is it more or less surprising than the the uh, friendliness with Microsoft and Oracle that's happening? that mm. I would be looking at
2: that sidelong, squinty eyed for quite a while. <laughs> yeah yeah the uh oracle is known for frankly suing the hell out of everyone um and larry uh their ceo larry, ellison yep. ellison thank you yeah yeah if you stand him next to um microsoft ceo uh it's Satya. yeah you'd be <laughs> night and day
0: difference so yep yep well, it is it is interesting with all of the – I mean, this is a different topic altogether, but like the open data initiatives, the sharing of data. And so you even have – you've got SAP in there, and you've got a bunch of – you You have uh, um, former Microsoft executive uh, Julia White that's over at SAP now. I think – is she their CMO or – anyway, over there. Sure and right. then Arpan Shah also went yeah, over SharePoint guy. Arpan uh, went over. He was uh, SharePoint was quite and, then, and then Azure. Yeah, he, well, he I believe he followed Julia over there. Yeah. Okay. A couple years ago, yeah. year and a half High-level
2: defections.
0: But, and then suddenly they're playing, they're talking about deeper integration partnership with Microsoft, uh, Adobe. Uh, there was some uh, movement in, with some executives over to Adobe, bill staple was was there uh was there for a couple years then he left he's now the ceo of um uh why do i always forget the name of bill's company he's a good friend i hate that i keep forgetting new relic new relic okay Yeah, it's the ceo over there uh if you don't know new relic so they're actually they're chasing down a billion dollars in revenue so they're growing rapidly as well they're in the observability space observability so, like yeah i'm actually i've been tr- harassing context. bill about uh, joining my podcast um for about a year and a half so eventually i'll <laughs> get him
2: uh um, yeah be, i think he'd be a really interesting guy. based on what you're saying he'd be a very interesting guy to talk to and get another perspective on you know microsoft azure cloud services m365 that kind of stuff
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and bill uh i believe knew satya pretty well but bill when he was a vp at microsoft was over in the kind of the open source space um so he uh and and that was during the uh trying to remember when he left but was still at the (laughs) tail end there of the you know before satya really uh uh, took over i think right right around bomber yeah during the bomber era was was there and didn't feel the love that he would have felt under Satya.
2: No, I, I remember Balmer, you know, saying open source is a plague. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it would
1: not
0: it's be friendly thing.
2: inside the I organization. <laughs> they, right. We didn't embrace it back then. It was really kind of Cold War mentality.
0: Yeah. Another piece of news out there. Um, the uh, Microsoft launches the OneDrive for Teams app.
2: Well, that's a word mashup.
0: Yeah. Do you guys know anything <laughs> about that? OneDrive for
2: Teams app? No. Yep.
0: So there's uh, there's a whole move to, uh, to make the files in Teams just be the OneDrive experience. It's OneDrive in Teams instead of a whole files experience in Teams. Hmm.
2: Well, it's all SharePoint on the back end, so right. I don't think it's that yeah. far stretch.
0: Right. So it's, I mean, that's that's the point. If I have all of the other features in right there in my files experience where I can preview the docs, where I can do my colored folders, uh, do oh, the yeah, sharing, the you know, all, all of that kind of stuff and have similar experiences right there in Teams makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, that makes a hell of a lot of sense rather than jumping out to SharePoint to do that kind of stuff.
2: Right. Yeah, a lot of companies seem to be thinking less about SharePoint, more about Teams. Mm-hmm. And a couple of questions. I've gotten questions over the last six months about should I build this in Teams or should I build it in SharePoint? And the line is really kind of blurry. Um generally speaking, I direct people if the if it needs to be consumed by a large number of people and managed granularly go with SharePoint, but teams for day to day work, a lot of people spend a lot of time in teams. So but. you know, you could build the pages there and somebody actually wanted to build a, an intranet with teams. I'm like, e, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't just, just, just don't.
1: Not there yet.
0: No. Nah something else microsoft is working on i I love this uh this was last month uh microsoft is trying to fix the something went wrong office sign-in error i don't know i mean it's not that it's not factually correct something (laughs) did go wrong wrong. right that's same as an unexpected
2: error occurred yes (laughs) uh well if you expected it what is an expected error? Yeah,
0: is there an error message for expected error?
1: They need to have like the uh, the Google um, you know T Rex thing you know when they can't when you can't uh, access the internet so you can play a game or something so you get something out of the experience at least.
0: Right, <laughs> I think you're right, Jeff. <laughs> that's that you know what they should do here's an idea kind of like what uh, meta or facebook does is, is that they throw up the you know something goes wrong instead of an error message to take your mind off it just like hey here's what you were doing three years ago today <laughs> pop that open. it distracts you know right? so it's like it's like the dog getting into something chewing on the furniture hey look at this jingly toy over here yeah exactly <laughs> pay no attention to that you want this hey, that's the uh Ugh. that's the the Facebook add in for office. That's <laughs> it just to distract you when stuff goes down. That would be hilarious. I don't love the conversation I have with Mac users. There's like, well, we never get like the, the 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 blue screen and we don't get the error messages. They're like, no, you the computer just shuts off. <laughs> it, or your it's, app it, it's not that it, the system doesn't crash or have the errors as often. Is that they made a a conscious decision to handle it differently. And it does. It just, it will like shut down or something will just turn off. Like, oh, did I hit something? Did I hit a button? No, we don't want to annoy you with the message that comes up and said, oh, it stopped working and unexpected error. No,
1: you had an authentication error with Office 365. So we shut your computer down.
0: But I like that they're uh, so there. There's a I don't know what the they're working on it now. I don't know what the official is. They're in. They're looking at trying to figure out what's going on. Um, But uh, yeah, another another hot topic. It's important topic. Um, I've seen a a, the pop up of a number of sessions. People talking about preparing for Copilot. Preparing your data for Copilot, which is really kind of funny. It's basically just a new cover sheet on the old presentations of clean up your information architecture Mm -hmm. clean up your permissions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an IA discussion. Yeah, it's it's back to the IA, which is funny. It's like my, that's where I started. Uh, Metadata management information architecture were my first sessions at SharePoint Saturdays and kind of the other events back in 2009 and early 2010. Mm -hmm. Uh, For years, those were my topics. Yeah, coming it's from that
2: like, background, kind of like the Scooby Doo episodes where they've caught the criminal, AI <laughs> is in handcuffs or whatever. So let's find out who this really is. It's your
0: information
1: architecture.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, with the uh, I, I know this this episode goes live uh, next week after it has happened, but um, so as of this publishing of this of this podcast episode. Yesterday, we did a tweet jam, which is our end of year collab talk tweet jam and talking about predictions. One of my predictions for next year is that we're going to increasingly hear from customers as they're starting to use Copilot complaining of data exposure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just inevitable. It's it's like with fast search integration, with search started working better. Yeah. People started complaining. Ah, th- I'm, People are seeing data that they shouldn't. It's like, yeah, it's not. It's not the search capability. It's not copilot that's doing this. It's that it's now showcasing your lack of security. and security, security is not security. right. So anyway, that's that's on my list of predictions for next year. Um, so I've got a link to an article there. Um, the other thing to get excited about, there's a new version of Microsoft Office coming next year. Office. 2024 Ooh. and the we're about to is available yeah. so uh i don't know what is uh what's new what's to get excited about do we have are they changing the icons no i think we're updated on all the icons
1: <laughs> yeah um, definitely they
0: three icons.
2: new menus to word <laughs> yeah
0: But if if folks that are interested in uh, getting in there and and playing with it, um, so I've got a link to the article that has some information there, how you can install the preview and uh, start playing around with that. Good luck with that. I do not dog food.
1: (laughs) I've been doing... I don't dog food uh, with Office. I've been doing the uh, the preview of uh, the new Outlook. Um, And it's... It took a little bit getting used to, but it's not too different. I mean, you got, like, the bar down the side, the app bar and stuff like that. Um, But, like, there's things are still definitely working out with it.
0: My go-to expert on Outlook, Hal, uh, of course, you guys know Hal. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, follow him on Twitter, uh, Hal Hostetler uh, down in Arizona. um, TV Wizard is his uh, Twitter handle. and he he's still frustrated with the new version. and I, I've played with it. I've had that thing where i I have four uh, four primary IDs that I tried to log in, and it will not allow me on my primary, on my collab talk. it It has issues. It was working for about a week in the new <laughs> outlook, and then it stopped working on my primary for some reason. <laughs> so I can get into my other accounts. My Rencore account, no problem. Techie Grooves account, no problem. My Hotmail, my Gmail, I can have everything else in there, but it has problems with my collab talk. Hmm. So I am not... Maybe it's it. your information oh. architecture. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> could be. But anyway, but that's out there to play with. Um, Let's well, see, there's other stuff that uh, you know, everybody should have seen and November announcements around. I think we talked about last month, so... There's the general availability of Microsoft 365 Copilot. Um, I know that the um, so sorry Jeff, or maybe you already have access to Copilot through your work. Your company's big enough. Um, Sean and I have access as MVPs. Have you been playing with that that environment that they've that Microsoft provided to MVPs, John?
2: I no, I haven't. I haven't had a chance to yet. But after the the holidays, I think I'll settle down a bit and actually be able to do some of the stuff that is building up in inbox emails.
0: Yep. So that that is, um, I, and I know that there's a lot of uh, frustration from the the SMB space for people that aren't able to get their hands on it. And I think it's, I, I, I suspect just a matter of time once it's out and live. I hope next year to see that go down to smaller organizations that will be able to get in and, and get their hands on that. But um, yes. Well, the back- one thing the
2: one thing that preview has shown me is that even MVPs need to be reminded not to reply all on a oh, distribution yeah. list, yes. like a hundred emails saying it didn't work for me either. Well, thanks. We all needed to know that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love those 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 DLs. That's why I have folders for them, and I look occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, delete. <laughs> the last thing, gentlemen, that I had on my list was just again kind of a prediction for next year. But talking about how the Microsoft 365 Copilot and looking at you know the generative AI revenue, Microsoft is really looking for. I think they're being uh, very bullish on the numbers for that, and they see that it's uh, the 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 pickup rate, even with the threshold of 300 seats and at 30 bucks a user a month even at those price points, those thresholds, um, I mean, the, the data from the people that have piloted or, you know, or it's almost 80% of people are like, I can't live without this. Like it's, this is value is there at that price. Um, so they're, they're looking to, I I think they're projecting a billion dollars next year out of AI. So yeah, it's going to be huge. They're saying, um, so there. Well, oh, I just saw this. A, so a survey of reseller partners conducted by conducted by J.P. Morgan revealed plenty of optimism about 365 Copilot, with hefty adoption expected across the customer base within the next thirty months. About forty percent of the Fortune 100 took part in the initial preview of the product. Oh, I didn't realize it was that big. Hmm. Wow. Um, so forty percent. That, that, are... that don't know, forty percent of the Fortune 100. That's 40 companies. <laughs> <laughs> you I, can back
2: that up with an equation in math, folks.
0: <laughs> you know, 40% the of all statistics different. are made up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it goes on, it says, uh, Macquarie forecast that Microsoft by the end of fiscal year 25 in June could generate approximately $7.3 billion of incremental annual recurring revenue from 365 Copilot based on estimated initial uptake of 5%, about 20 million users. By FY26, the copilot portfolio of products can generate 9.1 billion in revenue, and 49 cents in per share earnings, according to the firm. Uh, Macquarie thinks Microsoft to see this from analysts. And I don't know if you guys follow this or have any Microsoft stock, but that thinks Microsoft shares are undervalued based on the co-pilot profit potential. Yeah, their Microsoft stock is, and we're not in this business, we're not analysts, financial analysts, don't take my word for it. But if you go look at the analyst reports on it, it's in the strong buy uh, category from the majority of analysts. Um, so they're, they, they, they lifted their Microsoft price target from 405 to 430. And what is it at now? 370.93 okay so there's there's a little bit of growth there and of course they do well they pay dividends it's a good stock to 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 hold but again that's not the business that we're in so don't listen to me
1: uh, the best time to buy would have been uh who would have thought this early 2020.
0: <laughs> i'm trying to remember uh, with the stock when i was leaving uh in 2009 was at like 24 bucks, 26 bucks, something like that.
1: Yeah, it's uh like in 2009 it's around yeah, it was around the $20 mark, yep.
0: Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate your input. Uh it's always uh fun to go through and when we have these times to, to kind of sit and reflect on stuff and poke fun at each other (laughs) as well but uh hey absolutely uh, merry christmas happy new year to to both of you
1: yeah same to you and yours happy
0: holidays and thanks for listening everybody and uh we'll be back in the new year we'll do this again in about a month so we'll talk to everybody soon
1: Ho ho ho
0: cheers You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published weekly, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening.